As a way to honor all of the mothers on here, from now through Mother's Day weekend, you can grab the My Essential Birth course and get the new bonus birth affirmations track plus matching birth affirmation cards and get entered to win one of three goodies from Docatot. Or you can be one of the first five to bundle and save grabbing the My Essential Birth and Postpartum course. And I will personally send you a handmade 100% muslin cotton belly bind with your bonus tutorial video. Plus you get all the bonuses from before the birth affirmation track, matching birth affirmation cards, and you get entered to win one of three goodies from Docatot totaling $247 worth of goodies. Head to myessentialbirth.com forward slash get started and join me in the birth course today. Happy Mother's Day. I woke up about four in the morning and was having what I thought was Braxton Hicks, just like that tight pressure feeling. I was five days past my due date. This time I was, I told myself, don't worry about the due date. He's going to be born when he's going to be born. And that's when he's supposed to be born. So I didn't even keep any date in mind this time. Getting pregnant and giving birth are two of the most exciting things you can ever hope to experience in this life. The moment you think you could be pregnant, you're frantically searching for all the best information, which is why you're here today. I'm Stephanie King, and with my many years of experience as a professional childbirth educator, doula, and lover of all things pregnancy, birth, and postpartum, I'm here to make preparing for your birth enjoyable, empowering, and totally easy. Each week, I'll cover different topics, interview professionals, and get into the nitty-gritty birth stories from mamas just like you. And when you're ready for more, you can join me in the My Essential Birth course at myessentialbirth.com, where I take you step-by-step through exactly how to prepare your mind, body, spirit, and partner for a birth you love. So let's get started. It's time. The My Essential Birth postpartum course is here. Whether you're pregnant, just got baby home, or weeks and months into postpartum, this is the course for you. No more wondering what's normal for your body postpartum, if baby's eating or pooping enough, or how to get a good latch. You now have an all-in-one resource where you can click a topic and get the answer. Learn more at myessentialbirth.com forward slash postpartum and add it onto the My Essential Birth course for even less when you bundle them at checkout. Already in the course? Check your student library and add the course for the same discount. I can't wait to support you on your postpartum journey. This week's reviewer of the week is DJ Petro. And she says, labor slash birth fanatic. I listened to this podcast through my first pregnancy and went back to listen to every podcast ever made. I also bought the birth course, My Essential Birth. Labor and birth went even better than planned. I owe it all to Stephanie. It's great to be back listening as I grow baby number two. I am so excited that you are back listening as you grow baby number two. Um, and I'm grateful that I can have that effect on some people. Um, that is exactly how I felt as I was having my babies and birthing them. I became a fanatic. I became obsessed. And I was really, really grateful for everyone that was willing to teach me along the way how I could have the best birth for myself. So now this week, I get to have an amazing My Essential Birth Mom here with me. She gets to tell you all about her birth story. Um, so Allie, will you take a moment, say hello and introduce yourself? Hello, everyone. My name is Allie. I have two kids, a three-year-old daughter and a one-year-old son. And um yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. Well, welcome. Thank you. <laughs> um, okay, tell me, if you will, a little bit about your pregnancy. How did that go for you? Was it pretty textbook? Did you have anything pop up? What was that like? 
It was pretty textbook. Yeah. Um, the only thing that I had pop up was my son was breech for a while there. We found out at the 20 week ultrasound that he was breech. And at that point I started doing the spinning babies and I started seeing a Webster certified chiropractor, just doing all the things to turn him. And he did end up flipping by, I think it was 37 So he stayed breech that whole time. So... Wow. Yeah. Because in my head, I'm like, oh, 20 weeks. That's like super normal. But he was like, he stayed there. Interesting. He was there for a while. Yeah. And at one point, they, my midwives, I had midwives and they were all trying to feel his position because they didn't want to go back and do an ultrasound if they didn't have to. So there was a while there where they were not even sure if he was breech or not. Like some of them were like, oh no, that's a head or that's a butt (laughs) when they would feel down below. Um, And they ended up actually having to have some, a midwife that has some sort of like mobile um, ultrasound that where you do it on an iPad. And they did it right there in the office and were like, he's head down. And it was this big celebration. That's crazy. Technology today. Yeah. Ultrasound on an iPad. I love that. It was really cool to see him again too. It was really cool. But yeah, other than that, it was that's awesome. Um, okay, so yeah. did, and I assume like so that would be the same for like no gestational diabetes, no GBS, um, mm-hmm. nothing that like popped up for you. Nope. That's so awesome. Were you nope. like super sick yeah, or anything, or you felt good? I felt really good. And I mean, the beginning was what it was, you know, where you're tired and you're feeling a little bit nauseous, and I had a toddler running around, so yeah. that was hard, but. Um, no, it was pretty easy. The end was uncomfortable. Just, you know, having the big belly, everybody's tired towards the end, but, um, no, it was, it was easy. That's amazing. Yeah. Makes me so happy for you. Very cool. Yeah. Feel yeah. blessed. <laughs> How about your providers? Yeah. Did you meet with an OB, a midwife? Did you research or interview other providers? Did you ever change providers? I, so I started off with midwives and I stuck with them the whole time. I, um, in the beginning of my pregnancy, I knew I wanted to have a home birth this time. So I just did a Google search for midwives in my area and found, um, a set of free midwives. And I had one consultation with them and they were amazing. It just felt, they felt like mothers to me almost. And that was comforting. So I stuck with them the whole time and they were wonderful. Were there specific questions or, um, Yeah. Was there anything that you asked them as you were interviewing them and meeting with them or things that were really important to you that told you one way or the other, this is where I should be? You know, what what made me know that they were the right fit for me was in my consultation, they had asked me about my birth experience with my daughter, my first child. And I had told her my experience and she was just kind of validating all of my feelings that I had about my first birth. And she was saying, you know, these are things that we won't make you do, or we won't ask you to do. And, you know, those things do shape you as a mother. And she was kind of just validating my experience and everything that I was coming to her saying, this is why I'm taking the home birth route route this time. And she just validated all those things. And that it was just, it was so comforting to know that she understood my first experience, why it was leading me to a home birth. And she kind of saw that path of where I wanted my pregnancy to go, which was really hands off. I kind of wanted to just trust my body and listen to my body and not listen to other people. Not that I don't trust other people, but I just really wanted to hone in on my own instincts and listen to my body and my baby. And they allowed me to do that. And that's, that's how I knew that it was going to be the right thing. I like that a lot. And I like that you share that too, because um, oftentimes that really can be the difference for moms going from 
just hospitals, mm. there's nothing wrong with them. And you can have a beautiful birth there, but they are more medical in nature. Yeah. And the way that they're trained and yeah. what they're asked to do, even as nurses um, and providers, whether it be hospital policy or information that they're getting from doctors, is to be more hands-on and look for problems, you know? Mm-hmm. And I feel like when yes. you're at home, yeah. um, and I can speak to this as a doula, I can speak to this as a mom myself, and I'm sure this is going to relate to you. It's like, oh, we're here where everything is normal and we're looking for normal. Mm-hmm. You know, we're aware of when things yes. go wrong, but we're here to support normal. Yes. And it makes a big difference. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's really comforting to see. Yeah, I actually kind of love that you referred to them as your moms, too. Like I looked at because it is that Mm -hmm. kind of care. It's so different than than maybe like, you know, having a a hospital provider like um, they really do. I feel like they link on to you and love on you just a touch more. Mm -hmm. And that's really cool. Yeah, they do. It was a lot more like a, emotional investment yeah. also, you know, with the, the doctors and the nurses. The first time it was it was all medical, like you're saying, it's in and out. They check on you, they check on baby and you're out. But the midwives were, every appointment was an hour long. So they gave, they were we were there for a whole hour to talk about everything under the sun. Like, how are you feeling? How's your mental state? How's your daughter? How's your, like, it was so much more yeah. personal. And um, that was, it's just really, it was comforting to have them by my side during all of it. I love that. So, yeah, yeah, I could go on and on about them. <laughs> how about how about your birth partner? Um, was he really supportive? Was he nervous when you talked about home birth? Like, what did that look like for him? Yeah, he was at first. Um, he completely understood all the reasons why I wanted to. My daughter was born in March of 2020. So it was right at the beginning of COVID stuff. And um, with my son, we just knew we wanted to just be in the comfort of our own home and kind of have it under our more of our control. But his first concern was like medical stuff. Like what happens if something's wrong with you or something wrong is wrong with the baby. And and I had asked my midwife that during the free consultation. And she assured me that they know all of those pink flags and red flags to send us to the hospital. Like they are trained to handle those things. And that's kind of all he needed to hear after that. He was, he was totally up for it. And he trusts me a lot. So that helped to know that he was putting his faith in me to be able to say whether or not it, you know, maybe it didn't feel like the right fit halfway through, but he, he was great. He was excited. That's for awesome. It. I, I mean, I think that's so. really common too for, for men in general to just, that's the concern is safety of mom and baby. Right. So when we say things like yeah. out of hospital birth, like it seems like, oh no, even though like it's not an emergency and it's, you're, you're in a safe place and your body mm-hmm. is a safe place to birth this baby. But there yes. is always the question of what if. Yes. And I love that you shared that. And the truth is yeah. that home birth midwives are very well versed in the making sure they're going to call it earlier, right? They're not going to make an emergency out of things. Um, but they, they, yeah, they are skilled that way. So that's awesome. And I'm glad that it put him at yes. ease too, that he yeah. was able to ask those questions and feel at ease as well. So that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she had given me some examples too. Like, here's what has happened in the past if we've had a mom who either chose to go to the hospital or we said, hey, maybe it would be good. So she she did give me those examples of real life stories that helped me not believe, but just helped me realize like, okay, they they have done this and they will do this if it's necessary. Was there anything, just curious, since it was like March of 2020, were there any concerns if you had to Mm -hmm. transfer that either your husband couldn't go with you or even your midwives wouldn't be able to walk into that hospital with you? So it was my daughter who was, she was born in 2020 and we had a hospital birth with her. So yeah, my son was just born a year ago. And so he, we didn't have any COVID stuff then that I was aware of. I mean, that is one of the reasons we chose to do it at home is because we had heard 
you know, they're sometimes in some of the hospitals, they were making parents do COVID mm-hmm. tests. And if it came up positive, the parent couldn't be in the room or your baby was taken from you. If you had COVID, like, you know, we were hearing all these crazy, scary things. And that was our main push with our son. Um, cause there are still some COVID protocols around. So that was our main push to just be at home and be able to make our own choices. And, um, yeah, and, yeah, I love that. yeah. Um, how about your preparation? What did you do? Um, kind of your everyday things that you did. What did you do for knowledge? I mean, I know you took the birth course. Um, and how mm-hmm. did you guys prepare together? But I think, I think women really want to hear like, what were those daily things that you found you were consistent with, um, or thought about a lot and, and kind of worked into your schedule that made a difference for you? Yeah. My, my daily kind of preparation was so much different. With my daughter, I didn't really do anything. I just went into it thinking, Oh, I'm going to give birth and I'm going to know what to do. And the doctors are going to tell me what to do. You know, like I, I didn't prepare at all. And this time around, I really, my main focus was to just trust my body and trust my baby and trust that just that motherly powerful instinct that we all have. And so every day I, um, I listened to a lot of podcasts, honestly, anytime I would be cleaning or listening to other birth stories was huge for me. Um, really just understanding the process, like what my body is going to be doing physically. Um, I really tried to connect with my son when he was in my belly, kind of just like talking to him, even if it was in my head, just talking about how we were in this together and just like, it sounds silly, but just like listening for any sort of thought to pop up, you know, like I, that was just my main thing was just really being in tune with my mind and my body and my baby. And, um, it sounds kind of woo woo, but you know, just like holding the belly and I don't know. I really just tried to listen to my inner woman or mom, if you want to call it that. Um, I did a lot of the visualization, like you guys talk about visualizing how you see your birth going. Um, I thought a lot about that. And there was times towards the end where, you know, those scary thoughts can creep in sometimes about, you know, maybe I'm talking it up and it's not going to go this way or whatever. But that was one thing that I did do every day was just kind of daydream about my birth and how it was going to go. And that was really encouraging. Um, so yeah, probably just listening and visualizing and yeah. I like all of that. Um, I think the visualizing is so important and it can play such a big role in mm-hmm. um, even just how we like conduct ourselves or what we choose to eat that day. Or, you know, like when you have a vision of like your end goal in mind, like how are you going to prepare every day to get yes. there? I think that's huge. Was there something with your first birth that I should have started with that and you do not have to answer this if it's not comfortable for you. But was there something with your first birth that didn't go the way that you liked that made you want to change things for this one? As a way to honor all of the mothers on here, from now through Mother's Day weekend, you can grab the My Essential Birth course and get the new bonus birth affirmations track plus matching birth affirmation cards and get entered to win one of three goodies from Docatot. Or you can be one of the first five to bundle and save grabbing the My Essential Birth and Postpartum course. And I will personally send you a handmade 100% muslin cotton belly bind with your bonus tutorial video. Plus you get all the bonuses from before the birth affirmation track, matching birth affirmation cards, and you get entered to win one of three goodies from Docatot, totaling $247 worth of goodies. Head to myessentialbirth.com forward slash get started and join me in the birth course today. Happy Mother's Day. 
Yeah. Yeah. So my first baby, um, I was induced at 41 weeks just because I was 41 weeks. And I didn't know at the time that I could have said no. They kind of, I was weary, but they were like, it's not safe for your baby to stay in there any longer because your placenta won't be feeding the baby anymore. You know, kind of just like those those little snippets that is a very general thing for them to say to moms. Um, I kind of, I got all of that. And um, like I said, I didn't really prepare for birth or learn about birth or anything with, with my first. And um, that's one of the reasons I think why I just said, okay, then, then let's do it. I was trusting them. And, and I was listening to those little things that they were saying were really scaring me. So I was like, okay, let's, let's just be induced. Um, and I was a week past my due date. That's one thing that I didn't do this time was hold on to that due date. I, I did that with my first baby. I thought, Oh, March 19th was my due date. And I'm thinking March 19th here, she's gonna be born today. And so going a week past having that mindset was really hard for me. I was ready to give birth and have her out of me. And, um, and so it was kind of all of that, that led to the induction. And that was somewhat traumatic. Um, the Pitocin, I was on Pitocin all day and it, it wasn't doing anything to kick up labor and come 6 PM, they just cranked it all the way up and it was stressful on, on my baby and it was stressful on me. Um, they were having to like flip me all around the table. I had an epidural so I couldn't feel my body and her heart rate was dropping off the map every few minutes. And so they were flipping me around and holding me in weird positions. And it was three hours of just putting me in whatever position they could put me in for her heartbeat to, to go back to normal. Um, cause the Pitocin was just too much, I guess is kind of yeah. how they explained. Yeah. That was similar with my so first baby. I, I kind Same of, thing. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of felt like I didn't give birth. Like it was just this big medical intervention. I really felt like I was out of control. Um, so that's what led me to home birth with my second baby and, and really having a hands-off pregnancy. Even my midwives, they knew that I wanted a really hands-off pregnancy and I didn't ever have any like cervical checks or, um, you know, anything like that. I just really wanted to trust my body and my baby. And that was, that's what led me to having that kind of you can have it. a safe pregnancy so. without cervical checks. I don't understand. <laughs> Tell yeah. me more. Yeah. Even like the, even like the, I think it was the GBS swab. They, when it was time for that, they asked me if I wanted to do it. And I said, oh, sure. Why not? And they handed me the swab and said, okay, here's what you do. And I thought, wow, I didn't have to have somebody do that to me the first time. I just did it to myself. So yeah, just a different, just a different it's way. Huge. It. I, it sounds like that. I'm going to assume that this yeah. birth was very redeeming for you. Very healing. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Um, was there anything that you did kind of coming up towards the end of labor to get your body prepped to go? Red raspberry, leaf tea, evening primrose oil, clary sage, mm -hmm. acupressure, anything like that? Yeah, kind of all of those things. I drank red raspberry leaf tea starting pretty early. My midwife told me it was safe, so I started it pretty early. I did kick it up to, you know, a few like two to three cups a day towards the end. Um, I was doing acupressure to get him to flip when he was breech. I, you know, all that stuff I was trying. So I just continued all of that. Um, I was doing all the exercises that you guys promote. Um, the, you know, the, it's been a whole year now. So the <laughs> inversion and the, you know, the cat, cat, all of those great more yoga poses. I was doing a lot of stretching. Um, that's awesome. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's really cool. Um, and so did you have any cervical checks like at all, even towards the end? Mm-mm. That's great. No. So you even knew you no. were in labor yeah. without having a cervical exam. I love this. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was it was pretty. Um, I will say it was exactly what I visioned when I was envisioning my birth, like you guys say to do it. it that's exactly how it went. So it really does go a long way. Just dreaming about it, envisioning it is, I think that was everything for me. Um, Okay. Take me through it from that very first contraction. Let's hear all about it. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So I woke up about four in the morning and was having what I thought was Braxton Hicks, just like that tight pressure feeling. How many weeks were you? Um, And I was five days past my due date. This time I was, I told myself, don't worry about the due date. He's going to be born when he's going to be born. And that's when he's supposed to be born. So I didn't even keep any date in mind this time. And can I ask um, you really quick? I don't yeah. mean to pause you in your thought that's process, okay. but did you happen to know, um, like how many days your cycles were and when you ovulated? Did you keep track of I did. either of those? Okay. Yes. Did, did. Do you remember do by you any mean, chance? Like, how many weeks passed was it from ovulation or what do you, what do you mean? Like how many, um, how long was your cycle? Was it like a 28 day cycle, a 32 day cycle? It was about 30 days. 30 days. Yeah. And do you know when you ovulated? Was it day 14, day 15, 17? Usually 15. Okay. Yeah. That's awesome. I love yeah. hearing just because even second baby and you're five days past and I'm like, let's go back to ovulation. And it almost <laughs> always holds true. That's awesome. Okay. Yeah. My Sorry, midwives go had, ahead. <laughs> oh, it's okay. My midwives had told me too, because I had told them early on that I didn't want to keep the due date in my head. I knew that would mess with my mental state at the end. Um, and so they were like, well, 41 weeks and five days is actually more average anyways for most births. And so I was keeping that in my head more. Um, so anyways, I was five weeks, five days past my due date, woke up with Braxton Hicks and I, you know, I, I didn't, I don't even, I wasn't even thinking like, Oh, I I'm in labor. You know, I'm just like, Oh, I'm having some Braxton Hicks. And they were consistently 10 minutes apart for about three hours. Um, and then I got up about 7 a.m. and we were just going about our day. My husband was home for paternity leave at this point, luckily. Um, so I was telling him, hey, these are starting to feel like a little bit stronger. And so he said, okay, just go take a bath. Um, so I got in the bath. That's when things really kicked up. Like they were starting to feel more intense. Um, and even then I wasn't really telling myself, oh, this is it. You're in labor because I knew this could either last a really long time or it could fade away. You know, I just wasn't telling myself any sort of timeline. Um, and I think that helps me a lot, a lot of, for a lot of the, the, just like the mental work that you put in when you're, when you know you're entering labor, I think that can be really scary for some women like, Oh, here it is, you know? So, um, yeah, I, I took a bath about 10 AM and I think, I don't know, maybe cause my body was so relaxed in the bath that things started to really kick up was in there for about 30 minutes. Um, so about 1030, I got out of the bath. And that's when I told my husband, like, okay, I need you here. Like, I need to hold on to you or something. Like, I just needed him to be right there. Um, and from about 1030, my son was born at 1137. So from about 1030 to 1137 was pretty much everything. I got out of the bath at 1030 and told him, okay, you know, I think this is happening. And, um, I felt like I was going to vomit. And so I remembered, Oh, this could be transition. I feel like I'm going to vomit. Um, and then my husband filled up our birth pool, which we had set up a few days earlier just to be ready. It was in my bedroom. 
So I got in there and was just laboring in the birth pool. Um, my midwife showed up. She got there 15 minutes before my son was born. I, I, I was kind of just kind of shook the whole time. Like, there's no way this is it this fast because you hear that it can go on for hours or, you know, you can sit in transition. Like, I'm hearing all these things. And so I wasn't really telling myself he's going to be born soon. So I didn't know when to text my midwife, but, um, as they were getting stronger, I'm like, okay, I, I think, I think it's happening. And so she said, I'll come on over. And yeah, she, he was born 15 minutes after she got there. Wow. So that's awesome. it was crazy fast, but it's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Will you tell me a little bit about, um, so you mentioned that they felt like Braxton Hicks in the beginning, even though mm-hmm. they were kind of like 10 minutes apart. So doing some kind of consistency and you were mm-hmm. laying down during that whole time. Is um, that right? I was, I was laying down from about four to seven and, and they felt like Braxton Hicks. And then I got up when from you about, got up, they, did maybe they, they change? changed a little bit, but, but I still was never like, Oh, this is labor. I'm having contractions. They just felt like, like really just a tiny bit more intense than a Braxton Hick. Okay. But I wasn't full blown like labor, you know. Not at any point? Not until I was in the bathtub. Okay. And so what did they, what was the change or, yeah, yeah. Tell me what they felt like and then tell me how you worked through it. in the bath when they changed, I noticed that I was getting a bit, like my breath was being taken away a little bit more and I was having to really focus my energy on, I don't want to say pain relief because I really can say that at no point in my labor or birth was I in pain. Like I can, I can say that 100%, but it was more of just like focusing my attention on like doing what I needed to do to relieve some of that sensation, if that makes sense. So in the bath, I was kind of laying, I was laying all the way down. I didn't have it. I didn't have the bath all the way full because I was kind of laying down as much as I could. And I was kind of swaying my hips back and forth. And that was just what my body was saying to do almost like just move your hips around. Um, and that was what I was trying to do through most of it up until he was born. I don't know if I heard it on your podcast or if I read it in a book or something, but keeping that open and moving just allows the baby to just wiggle on down. And so I think that's what stuck out to me. Um, and in the bath, that's what, what was relieving to me was just kind of like moving my hips around in the water. (laughs) Yeah. Um, how about for pushing? Was there like a position that felt really good mm-hmm. or what were you doing I, during that? I ended up draping my body over the edge of the birth pool. I had my kind of like my armpits over the edge and I was just hanging loosely. I didn't have, I was noticing that any pressure on my knees or like sitting was making the contractions um, more painful. I guess I could call it pain in that instance. But when I was just completely loose, my body was hanging over the birth pool. I was just letting it happen. And I was very vocal during it. I was surprising myself, but that's what I needed to do to just release all that energy and all the tension. And, um, yeah, that's how I was comfortable, I guess, was just no pressure on my body at anywhere. (laughs) Yeah. That's awesome. Where was your birth partner throughout all of this? Talk me through how he supported you or what he was doing. Yeah. He was amazing. He was kind of just hanging out next to me. I, Usually any other experiences I've been through with pain, which hasn't been a lot, I'm usually, even if I have like a really bad migraine or I feel sick to my stomach on a regular day, the way that I handle that is just being alone. I don't really like talking to people or like, you know, he likes to be like, are you okay? How are you feeling? And I get irritated by that. I'm like, oh, just don't, I don't want to talk right now. I'm just trying to focus on feeling better. So he knew, he knew that. So during labor, he was kind of just hanging next to me. And he was just there. So anytime I needed him to like, 
you know, hold me or like there was sometimes he would be like, I'd be like, hold up, hold up my leg. Cause I was laying on my side at one point when I was having contractions and I was telling him like, hold my knee up. So he would just hold my leg kind of like up to my chest. And that felt good for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> so he was there to just do whatever I was kind of like, do this, do that. Or I need to hang on you for a second. Um, so yeah, he was really great in that way where he was, he was there, but he wasn't kind of like all up in it, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, it does. That's awesome. How about your postpartum? How did that go for you? Was it, did you do immediate skin to skin, delayed cord clamping? Yeah, we did skin like to that? skin right away. We sat in the, we ended up sitting in the birth pool for, for a while afterwards. My midwife just lifted my baby up on me and we just, my husband was in the birth pool for the birth. He caught him. So he, oh, cool. him and my midwife kind of helped him get up to my chest. But, um, so he, my husband sat behind me and I was leaning up against him and our son was on my chest and we sat in there for probably about 20 minutes. Um, and then we got out and it's nice being at home. Cause we just went right into our bed and, and just, we hung out in my bed for the rest of the day. So did you give um did you give birth to the placenta in the pool or did you did yeah, that happen? I did in the, in the pool. Yeah. Okay. My midwife asked me to stand up at one point because it wasn't coming out as easy as she was wanting it to. So, yeah. you know, she said, Can you stand up for a minute? You don't have to get out, but just stand up for a minute. She had me do a few coughs and and then my placenta came out. Um and then we put it in a bowl and had it next to my son for for quite a while. Yeah. I love that. I love that you're sharing that because right now, and you know, from giving birth in the hospital, the norm is like, even if you ask for delayed cord clamping, it's a minute. Mm -hmm. That is the norm. Let's wait a minute. And sure, that may be enough to get most of it. That's true to get most of the baby's blood back to them that or the blood from the placenta, right? That belongs back to them. That may be enough. But there's the other side of it of, of like, and it's also not the emergency that oftentimes it is made out to be. And so yeah. that's a great example of, look, wait and see. And, oh, it's not coming out. Will you stand up so that your body mm-hmm. naturally gives it a little more pressure and give a yeah. cough versus the like tugging and pulling yes. and pressure that happens yeah. um, that just makes you trust your body less, you know? And in this case where you're like, this is just the process. This is how yeah. it works. So I yeah. love that. And I think all of those routine things to just contribute to stress after baby's born. I think a lot of moms naturally, the baby's born and you think, is the baby okay? Like, you know, you're waiting for that cry and naturally it's a little bit nerve wracking. So I think to have, to not have the stress of, we got to make the baby cry. We got to rub off the baby. We got to get the cord out. You know, there's all those things that it's yeah. like, boom, boom, boom. They do it. This model is a little bit more like there's just no rush to anything. And and that helped me as the mom feel less anxious or worried about the baby, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, it gives you a chance to settle into like, I just gave birth to a baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Let's take a breath and take it all in. And how yeah. was it in, how was it in your home giving birth? And then you're at home. Oh like, my how gosh. Nice was it, that? it was just, I can't even describe how just beautiful and magical and serene it was. You know, it was just, we were in our own place. My daughter was, my mom came to watch my daughter and she was running around and she came in. Um, she was got a little bit nervous during my vocalization, as I can imagine a little kid would be like, what is happening? (laughs) Um, so my mom just took her outside to play and brought her back in after my son was born. And my mom ended up recording a lot of it when they came back in. And it's so beautiful to watch back because my daughter walked in and my midwife is just sitting there by the birth pool, just admiring my son. And it's just so peaceful and calm and intimate, you know, because she had gotten to know us through the pregnancy. And at one point, she lifted up my daughter to pet his head. And um, yeah, it was just it was it was perfect. Everything went amazing. 
I love it. I I love just that visual too, because there is some. The thing is, is like this can this can be birth for everyone in every space. Um, where you're talking about, I always think of it as like it is a it's a sacred space. I really like the word sacred is what comes to mind. And like when that new baby is born, that like sweet, serene, new sacred baby. Yeah. Um, you feel it. There is a like a yes. warm, welcoming, gentle presence in the room. And sometimes that doesn't necessarily get felt in other situations and other, you know, whether it's hospital or whatever, when there's a lot of crazy, um, you don't get to feel that. But when you do, it is so special. It is so important. I love it so much. Okay. Well, you know that I like to end these episodes. I want to hear your very best advice for moms and very oh best advice. Oh my gosh. I think dad. my advice for moms is is to really just not hang on to all those little snippets of um I don't want to call them scare tactics because I I, I really don't think people are like out to get moms. Intentionally, but, you know, those, right. Yeah, I think naturally a lot of moms I mean, ha- being pregnant and having a baby is like your it's the most important thing to you as a mother. So any little thing that could make you worried, I think naturally we tend to hang on to that more than we hang on to the positives and just really focusing on just how, how instinctual and magical and powerful pregnancy and birth are and that you're in charge and your body's in charge and you can listen to your body and your baby and just, just hang on to that during pregnancy and birth, no matter if you're giving birth in the hospital or at home or in a birth center, like, I just think that's, that's so important to know that that's an option for you. You don't have to be scared or kind of like in the hands of a provider. I was going to say, it sounds like setting yourself up for success by making sure that the people supporting you have the same goal in mind, which is what I think you did so well. You know, you were able to trust your intuition because you were around somebody who was going to support you trusting your intuition. Yeah. My midwife had asked me that during the home visit. She said, how do you want to be supported during birth? How, what can yeah, we I do for you to support you? Yeah. And one of the most important things to me that she asked me was, she said, a lot of women at some point in labor will say, I want to go to the hospital because when you're in transition, you know, your mind goes to that place where you're like, I can't do this. I want to give up. So she said, what do you want me to tell you? If you ever say that, what do you want me to tell you? And I told her, I, I do not want to go to the hospital. I really want to have this baby at home. It is what I'm dreaming of. Like, I need this to happen. And she said, okay, then unless it's a medical emergency, we won't let you convince yourself to go to the <laughs> hospital because we want this birth to, to end up how you w- want it to go. So yeah. I just love that they, they really were supporting me fully and my family too. So that's awesome. Yeah. How about yeah. your best advice for dads? Oh my goodness. Best advice for dads. I think really simply would just be to do the birth course with your, with your partner. My husband, it took weeks and weeks for me to be like, okay, come on, like sit down. We are going to start this tonight. It took a long time for us to actually sit down and do it. Cause he was like, Oh, you know, he would, he just wanted to put it off. And, um, it, once we started listening and watching together, it was such a great way to connect and for him to get excited about the baby and for him to feel powerful. He told me he wasn't nervous at any point during birth because he knew exactly what was happening and exactly how to be supportive. Yeah. So I think, I think that like them being involved in learning about the process of birth is just as important as the mom learning that stuff. I'm with you hundred percent. My husband would come into my birth classes and kind of talk about that. You probably saw him talk about it even Mm -hmm. within the birth course, but, um, 
I mean, everybody is going to thrive from knowledge, but I love, especially the men, just like you said, it's like, instead of having to stand in the corner and being like, oh, I hope she's okay. I don't know what to do. I'm not going to touch her. It's like, oh, I know the process of birth and what's happening. She's okay. I I feel comfortable and I can be here loving and supporting her. So it's completely different. Yeah. 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 Oh, that's awesome. Allie, what an incredible story. This is going to touch you. many, many women. I really appreciate oh, it. So thanks for thank having you for me being, on. Yeah. Thanks for being here today. <laughs> My pleasure. If you loved what you heard today, the very best way to support this podcast and help other moms to find it is to leave a quick review. I read one at the beginning of the episodes and I would love for yours to be next. And if you're ready for even more pregnancy, birth, and postpartum goodness, come join me in the My Essential Birth course at myessentialbirth.com, where I will hold your hand and walk you through pregnancy and birth step-by-step so you're totally prepared for a birth you'll love. See you next week.